The Writers Radio Theater season ticket drive for the 1992 season continues. Tickets are moving fast, and you can secure great seats for 1992 by calling 731-9898 now. Writers Radio Theater fans, stay tuned Tuesday, December 10th, when Too Slim, Ranger Doug, and Woody Paul join us live on the WVXU stations. Writers will be here for brief season ticket updates during Morning Edition. Then at 10.30, December 10th, it's a live in-studio visit with our favorite Cowboys until 1 p.m. Don't miss Riders in the Sky on WVXU Tuesday, December 10th with a live performance. And call now for season ticket or corporate sponsor information at 731-9898-731-9898. 91.7-WVXU Cincinnati. 89.5 WVXM West Union and 89.3 WVXC Chillicothe and WVXR New Paris Richmond. The WVXU Network. Radio Theater is made possible in part by a grant from Barleycorns featuring Cincinnati locations in downtown Hyde Park, Montgomery, Western Hills, and Tri-County. And in Kentucky, Barleycorn's Yacht Club and Five Mile House in Lakeside Park. Sundor Products, the makers of Texan brand fruit juices, are proud to be the exclusive national sponsors of Riders Radio Theater. Texan pineapple juice is available at local grocery stores in the canned fruit section. We're just about to begin tonight's 73rd annual broadcast of the Jubilee Howlers. I can see the chorus coming out onto the stage. No matter how many times you see it, the sight of 130 coyotes in tuxedos is a stirring image. You can hear their little claws clicking across the hardwood stage. They're making their way up the risers. Oops, there's a little dissension amongst the tenors. The coyote chorus literature is limited, as you know, to a single work of approximately four seconds in length due to the limited attention span of the coyote, or, if you will, the American prairie wolf. Oh, I see the composer and conductor, Uncle Bob Barrymore, raising his baton. <laughs> Sit. All eyes on me. And here at last, the Jubilee Howlers present... Ballad of the Common Coyote. <laughs> Riders Radio Theater is on the air. Saddle up and ride the airwaves once again with America's favorite cowboys, Riders in the Sky. Too slim, the man of many hats. Woody Paul, the king of the cowboy fiddlers, and Ranger Doug, the idol of American youth. This is Texas Big Spin to invite you to join Riders in the Sky for a thrilling program of high yodeling adventure. We're gonna ride and rope the wrangle it We're gonna hoop and holler and holler at the moon. Oh, 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 oh,
every box of red and buckaroo. There's a place around the fire for you, with riders in the sky. So come on and let's ride. And now, with the 2,452nd performance of their career, here are Riders in the Sky. Thank you, Texas Chicks Bender, the voice that sold a million baby chicks over border radio. Thanks to the packed audience here in the beautiful Emory Theater and to those of you listening over the airwaves in your cars, in your homes, or in your truck stops. Yes, I'd like to introduce us briefly before we continue with this show, which is the best in Western music, Riders Radio Theater. Over here to my left, your right, too slim. A man who, if he was not a cowboy singer, would be doing stand-up comedy in the Borscht Belt. I'm Ranger Doug, idol of American youth, and if I was not a cowboy singer, I'd be doing personal training for somewhat out-of-shape middle-aged housewives. Woody Paul, the king of the cowboy fiddlers, uh, if he was not a cowboy singer, would be doing mathematics in, in um, abstraction. <laughs> and Joey, the cow polka king, who, if he was not a cowboy singer, would be doing five to ten in Leavenworth. <laughs> we would like now to do another song from our new Columbia album. This one called One Little Coyote. As I rode my pony across the western plain, I stopped and heard a sweet and sad refrain. It filled the sundown skies with a lonesome tooth. It was one little coyote howling at the moon. I saw two wise owls calling come home soon. I saw three big elk bugling through the trees. Four little doggies lowing in the breeze. Five prairie dogs whistling at a snake. Six beavers slapping tail upon a lake. Seven geese honking across the sky. Eight mustangs whinnying wild and high. Nine buffalo stampede and run away And ten cowboys singing loud cause it's payday Now Ranger Doug, can we try it backwards? I don't see why not Ten cowboys singing loud cause it's payday Nine buffalo stampede and run away Let me out of here Seven mustangs whinnying wild and high. <laughs> Seven geese honking across the sky. Six beavers slapping tails upon a lake. Five prairie dogs whistling at a snake. Four little doggies lowing in the breeze. I heard three big yelps bugling through the trees. from one of our sponsors. And remember, folks, friends, don't let friends touch that dial. Howdy, y'all. This is Drywall Paul, Chief Law Enforcement Officer of Tumbleweed City. You need to know self-defense. You know why? 
because there's a crackpot on every corner these days, and it's impossible for me to keep them all locked up. You're on your own, buddy, but never fear. Drywall Self-Defense School is here. We're located in Drywall Mall next to Salmonella Sushi and Bait Bar. We got the finest martial arts instructor I can afford, which is me, yep. <laughs> I teach the ancient oriental fighting method I invented myself. It's called Take One Dope. See? <laughs> this here is my fat belt, which is as far as you can go in Take One Dope. And this notch is as far as this belt goes. <laughs> now, we don't do none of them fancy flips and cartwheels in Take One Dope. I believe I left most of my cartwheels in the donut shop, if you know what I mean. <laughs> we don't use no flimsy little sticks or stars, neither. I teach my students how to hold a two-by-four and slap a tacker up the side of the head like this. Ooh, boy, that's smart. Ooh. A lot of times you can pick up a rock and fling it at a creep who's bothering you like this. No rock around? I'll teach you to think fast and take off your shoe and whack them with that. <laughs> you can't find nothing to throw a swing, just hone in on the groin area. Strike kicker grass. I know what you're thinking, all this practical knowledge that could very likely save your life this weekend could cost as much as three or four hundred bucks. Nuh-uh, buddy. Nine-nine-nine. Yep, nine-nine-nine. I'll teach you everything I know about Take One Dope for nine-nine-nine. And that's not even ten dollars. So come on down to Drywall School of Self-Defense in Drywall Mall. Bring the wife, bring the kids, bring the dog. Bring on peace of mind. Here's a little jingle I wrote. If a crook's got you and you're giving up hope, don't forget to try. Take one dose. Hit him on the head with a two by four. I'll teach you how, and that's first Drywall School of Self-Defense, only $9.99. That's not even $10 to learn everything he knows. Two by four not included. And now back to Riders Radio Theater. Where it's time for the popular feature, Contest That No One Remembers. Right you are, Texas Vicks. Contest That No One Remembers. Too Slim, what's the forgotten crack brain contest will lay to rest this week? Well, Ranger Doug, this week's Contest No One Remembers is the worst song ever written contest. Oh. I remember that one. We narrowed the worst songs ever written down to two. And then we performed them. And then we asked listeners to vote and comment with the best comment winning a Riders in the Sky watch from Two Slims Mercantile worth $40. Wow. The two songs were You Stole My Wife, You Horse Thief by Tad Dameron and Dizzy Gillespie. And the Sons of the Pioneers uh, movie song High Riding Woman with a Whip. Yep. And we also promised to perform the worst song one more time and then retire it permanently from the Riders repertoire. Well, how many letters poured in, Slim? Amazing amount, Ranger Doug. Big Zeno, drive the forklift in here with the mailbags, okay? Hey. Hey, that yeah. is impressive. What yeah. was the final count? Well, it was nine for a high-riding woman with a whip, uh -huh. and three for you stole my wife, you horse thief. And uh, here's the winning comment. Uh, it's from Wilmer Craven in St. Louis, Missouri. It's in exactly 25 words, which is good enough for a watch right there. A high-riding woman reminds me of fingernails on a blackboard, a balloon being twisted, an ice cream headache, a hot night downwind of the paper mill. And that, to me, is a winning em entry. Well, isn't you that think? great? That gets a so, watch. So, if I understand correctly, all we have to do now is perform High-Riding Woman with a Whip, which, by the way, was from 
the movie Cattle Queen of Montana, starring Barbara Stanwyck and Ronald Reagan. We perform this song one last time. Well, hallelujah. <laughs> I thought I'd never get to, we'd never get to this part. So folks, wake up grandma, turn on the tape recorders because this is it. City of the West, Cincinnati, Ohio. Stay with us, Saddlebells. We'll be right back. Here's a little of the Woody Paul Western theme, number 35. Writers Radio Theater is brought to you by the Inkwell Blue Ash, located at 10274 Alliance Road. The Inkwell Blue Ash features printing services including typesetting, binding, mail list managing, and mailing. Cowboy Way. Tonight, episode nine of the exciting Western melodrama, Monster from Mystery Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> oh, ah! 
As faithful listeners will no doubt recall, Mystery Mountain, a fog-enshrouded peak that towers over Tumbleweed Valley, has lately been the scene of some very strange occurrences. A metallic green fire-breathing monster has terrorized the storytelling festival, pushed High Sheriff Drywall and his truck Big Bertha off of Dead Man's Cliff, and in our last episode, it attacked Riders in the Sky, but was thwarted by Myron Florin and his mighty bubbling accordion. The bubble blinded the monster, and he fell off the mountain. As a result of that attack, the riders have deduced that the monster is none other than Charlie wearing some kind of weird monster suit. Furthermore, they're pretty sure that Ace Windburn Slocum is behind it all because he has bought up all the land on Mystery Mountain for a song thanks to a monster-induced panic that has swept the valley. And now episode nine, entitled The Plot Revealed. It is the morning after the big monster attack on Riders in the Sky. And now they're gathered around their campfire on Mystery Mountain having their morning coffee while side meat fixes breakfast. Gosh, Ranger Doug, do you really think that was Charlie in some kind of monster suit who attacked us last night? I sure do, Woody. I've suspected it for some time now. And after what Myron Florin told us about following a 300-pound doofus and a sleazy character with a pencil-thin mustache, I'm now convinced of it. Gosh, why do you think he's doing it, Ranger Doug? I don't know, Too Slim, but I don't have to know. What I do know is that it's high time we had a little talk with Mr. Slocum. Great idea, Ranger Duck. Thank you, Too Slim. It's that kind of thinking that's made me the idol of American youth. Let's skip breakfast and get on into town. Oh, now, hold on there. You ain't leaving without your breakfast. Why, nutritionists tell us that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Now, here, pass these biscuits around. Anybody want more coffee? Uh-oh. Uh-oh. No, thanks. All right, eat them biscuits while I clean up, and then we'll head into town. No, These biscuits? <laughs> these biscuits, whoa, really are... The, the hardest, hardest substance known to man. Yeah. Hey, look over there, some chipmunks foraging for food. Hey. Toss them these biscuits. Oh, I don't know, boys. Come on, Ranger Duck. They really look hungry. Okay, but try not to hit them. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to kill them. No. Okay, ready on three. One, two, three. Huh? Look, look, well, they... we, we didn't hit them. Yeah, they found them. Look. Get away with that. Yeah, let's throw them back. Boys, boys. Take that. And that. Ow! Ow! Why, those little... This could go on for quite a while. But in the meantime, in the back room of the Mystery Mountain Land Development Office, a.k.a. the Dry Gulch Saloon, the outer door is opening and our plot is about to begin. And who's there? Oh, it's you, Charlie. You don't look so good. How'd it go last night? Shut up. Huh? <laughs> Why are you breathing bubbles? Because I swallowed half a million of them. <laughs> Say, where'd they come from? I don't have a clue, Slocum, but yeah. suddenly they were everywhere. I couldn't see. I fell off the mountain at Dead Man's Cliff. Ah, here, chew a couple of Rolaids. Hey, thanks. 
Yeah, yeah, that's better. Yeah. I suppose you did you fry the riders before you fell? No, I, I couldn't see to do it. My plan was perfect. How could this have happened? Uh, you know what they say, boss. The best laid schemes of mice and men gang after Glay. What? Who says that? Robert Burns, boss. Burns? Robert? He ran the old soap scan over in Leadville, didn't he? Nah, not that one. This one's a Scottish poet, boss. 1759 to 1796. Charlie, where on earth did you ever hear about a Scottish poet? Well, I read about him in the National Geographic, July 17th, 1987 issue. Oh, that would have been the Scotland Land of Promise issue. Right. Speaking of National Geographic, that's where I got the info that set this plot in motion. Say, I was wondering when you'd get around to explaining the plot. Yeah, you and a million other listeners around the world. <laughs> Boss, a million listeners around the world? Well, a hundred thousand in America and Australia. Boss. Okay, Sandra and Lois in Cincinnati. Right. <laughs> So anyway, for me and Sandra and Lois, what's the plot? Well, while I was in jail at the end of the last serial, I came across an old National Geographic in the prison library. September 29th, 1939. Yeah, that one. That's the Pacific Rim, Ring of Fire, Land of Promise issue. Yeah, exactly. I see you know your <laughs> National Geographics, Charlie. Oh, hey, boss, who doesn't? Yeah, well, anyway, according to a Japanese geological survey at the time, the legend of Frenchie Laput is probably true. Huh? Who's he? Oh, Charlie. Didn't you pay attention back in the early episodes when Sidemeat told the tale of Frenchie Lapoot? No. Oh, of course you didn't. <laughs> well, Frenchie was a miner here in Tumbleweed Valley back in the early 30s. Uh, 1830s or 1930s? Oh, who cares? I don't know. I don't right. care. Anyway, Frenchie shows up in town one day with a fortune in gold. He said he found it on Mystery Mountain. But before anybody could find out where, he disappeared. There was a lot of people hunting for it for a while, but eventually they all gave up. Yeah. Figured it was just a crock-a-hooey from a crazy Frenchman. Yeah, that's what it sounds like, all right. <laughs> yeah, but the Japanese survey says there's a 90% chance that it's true. Now, why hasn't anybody ever found it, then? Because you can't pan it out of the streams, and you can't dig it out of the ground. What do you mean, Slocum? This mountain is an extinct volcano, and five miles under it is a molten lake of pure gold. Hey, that's plotting up for 13 episodes, all right? Shut up, you idiot. Right. Now that I own that mountain, that gold is mine, and we're going to get it. How are we going to do that, boss? Yeah, let me unroll this map of Mystery Mountain. Yeah. I'll show you. Okay. okay, you see Skull Rock here? Yeah. Yeah, that's what geologists call an igneous intrusion. Huh? Kind of like your head. Oh, yeah. Very hard volcanic rock. It acts as a plug that keeps that molten gold from bubbling to the surface. Oh, yeah. So all we got to do is pull the plug, right? Yeah, exactly, Charlie. But how do you do it? The only know. thing capable of pulverizing five miles of solid igneous rock is probably a 50-megaton nuclear bomb. Yeah. Or... Or... Hey, what about one of them Ranger Bub yodels? <laughs> Go, Charlie. <laughs> A pure, clean, number two yodel would turn that granite plug into a fine powder. Yeah, well, how are you going to make him do it, boss? Charlie, how long you been around here? Oh, since the beginning. Yeah, how many times has that yokel failed to yodel when one of these cereals was getting dicey? Uh, never, boss. Right. Now get in the monster suit. Let's get going. Where are we going? <laughs> Skull Rock on Mystery Mountain. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> Quickly, the two villains gather up their evil paraphernalia, get their horses, and head out of town. 
But as they gallop past the high sheriff's office, they nearly run down Cash Arbitrage, the president of the First Rational Bank of Tumbleweed Valley. Hey, what's where you're going, you needle-neck pink nose? Where's my two-by-four? Out of the way, you banker! Meanwhile, in the office of the high sheriff, Drywall is on the phone with the governor. Hello? This is Governor Slugwell, Slugwell? This is High Sheriff Drywall of Tumbleweed County, and I need the National Guard down here most Ricky. That means real fast. Why? Because we got UFOs and green flaming monsters down here. That's why. Hello? Hello? Dang, I don't know. I'll call the president and get a plane load of federal marshals in here. Hello? This is the White House? This is High Sheriff Drywall of Tumbleweed County. Well, it's, it's out west. No, we went for Pogo. Hello? Hello? Dang. Hi, Sheriff. How back at you, Mr. Arbitrage? Real estate values have plummeted. Business stinks. And I was nearly run down in the street by two needle-necked pig noses. This valley is on the verge of economic collapse and all because of that monster. Think I don't know that? I've been all day on the phone trying to get some outside help. Nobody cares. Then you must raise a posse here in Tumbleweed City. Tried that, too. Everybody turned me down. What? What about Red the Barber? He had to wash his hair. He's had no hair since 1947. Ah, no. What about Hammerhead Stilson? He had to walk his poodle. His poodle ran off two years ago. I know that, too. What about you, Mr. Arbitrage? Will you join my posse? Uh, well, I'd love to. <laughs> but my wife is having a tea this afternoon, and she needs me to fill the nut cups. Yes, that's it. Uh-huh. So there you have it, see? Nobody wants to go up on Mr. Mountain, including me. But, I, Sheriff, it's your duty to go up on that mountain. I was afraid you don't say that. You took an oath of office. You must go on or be branded a coward. A coward? Was that all? No. <laughs> You'll also be put in jail for the rest of your life. Huh? Read the fine print of your oath. If you fail to carry out your duties as High Sheriff, you can and will be jailed forever. Oh, man. Talk about a sewer and a charybdis. Talk about it all you want, but be on that mountain by high noon or else. Oh, me. <laughs> will High Sheriff Drywall do his duty, or will he spend the rest of his life in jail? And what on earth is a sewer and a charybdis? You won't find the answers to these questions in the Tumbleweed Valley land of promise issue of National Geographic, but you will find them right here, same time, same station, next week in episode 10 of Monster from Mystery Mountain. Entitled, High Noon for the High Sheriff. It's gripping, gut-wrenching, garrulous melodrama you won't want to miss. And it's coming only to this, Theater of the Mind. And now here again are America's favorite singing cowboys, Riders in the Sky, and Joey the Cowpoker King. Thank you. Thank you very much. Another great episode. Well... Time now for our classic of the West, which we want to send out today to Brian Peckham in Platteville, Wisconsin, who listens to Riders Radio Theater over Wisconsin Public Radio. In answer to a lot of requests from folks all around the country, our classic of the West is, is not really a Western here today. It's, it's one of those codependent, dysfunctional love songs you hear on commercial radio all the time. We call this one, All Those Years. All Those Years. When I think of the waste, oh, how bitter the taste of my tears in the night. 
The makers of Texan brand fruit juices are proud to be the exclusive national sponsors of Riders Radio Theater. Texan pink grapefruit juice is available at local grocery stores in the canned fruit section. 